blessing and thankfulness for who you are. Lord, we love you. Thank you for being good to us. Please bless the, the time in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 14. 1 Samuel 14, you can go ahead and stand, if you would please, to, to honor God's word as we read it. We're dealing with this idea of being renewed in the weariness. Last Sunday, we were in Isaiah, and uh, how that we, we don't need to run from the weariness, we need to run to the one who can renew us. And uh, sometimes the approach to weariness is just to try to run from it. But if you run from weariness, you're running from productivity, you're running from life, you're running from anything that is, that is meaningful. And we are, just so you know, we are going to get to talking about rest, but we're just, we're trying to have a balanced approach and just look at different things that scripture talks about um, and what that rest is and, and how to go about it. And and just the nature of life is that you're going to spend most of it being tired. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy that, but it just, you know, I kind of feel like that's, that's what it, that's what it is. And and yet, I, I believe that it's worth it. Okay, I know. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you. I believe it's worth it, though. I do I believe it's worth it. But we need to know how to cope with it because weariness and exhaustion, both physically, spiritually, emotionally, has ruined a lot of people. And it's ruined a lot of saints. It's ruined a lot of marriages. It's ruined a lot of children. And so we're just trying to understand how to cope with it the right way, being renewed in in the weariness. So in 1 Samuel 14, Saul is not right with God. God is, he's already under a measure of God's judgment. The Israelites are facing the Philistines again. And Saul and the men that are with him are in the state of limbo. Well, Jonathan and his armor bearer, because Jonathan is right with God and has confidence that God is able to help. Look, he says in verse number six to his armor bearer, come and let us go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint, excuse me, to the Lord to save by many or by few. Jonathan is full of faith. He's not sitting around waiting for God to do something. He's believing in God and then believing that God will act when he takes a step of faith. And, and God does. So Jonathan and his armor bearer go up. They, they have a, a small victory that God uses to turn into a massive, a national victory. Well, in the pursuit of the Philistines, something very interesting happens. Look at verse number 23. So the Lord saved Israel that day. And the battle passed over unto Beth-Avon. Okay, so the battle is ongoing, but the Philistines are on the run. And the Israelites are pursuing them. But then notice verse 24. And the men of Israel were distressed that day. For Saul had adjured the people, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food until evening, that I may be avenged on my enemies. 
So none of the people tasted any food. And all they of the land came to a wood, and there was honey upon the ground. And when the people were come into the wood, behold, the honey dropped. But no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. But Jonathan heard not when his father charged the people with the oath, wherefore he put forth the end of the rod that was in his hand and dipped it in an honeycomb and put his hand to his mouth and his eyes were enlightened. Then answered one of the people and said, Thy father straightly charged the people with an oath saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food this day. And this is how serious Saul was about that. Later he tries to kill Jonathan for this, which makes no sense. Then said Jonathan in verse 29, My father hath troubled the land. See, I pray you, how mine eyes have been enlightened because I tasted a little of this honey. How much more if haply, how much more, if haply the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies which they found. For had there not been now a much greater slaughter among the Philistines and they smote the Philistines that day from Michmash to Ajalon, and the people were very faint. And then notice verse 32, And the people flew upon the spoil and took sheep and oxen and calves and slew them on the ground, and the people did eat with them, did eat them with the blood. And then they tell Saul about that. And notice what he says in verse number 33 at the end of it. Ye have transgressed. It, can I get this? He put them in a position. No, I'm not. They still made the choice, but he spent them without making sure they were being refreshed. All right. So here's the, here's the title. It's a question. Are you eating enough? <laughs> Are you eating enough? You may be seated. During Navy SEAL training, there's a particular week that has a very unique name, and it's about five and a half days of cold, wet, brutal conditions, and the would-be SEALs sleep for fewer than four hours. They run more than 200 miles. They do physical training for more than 20 hours per each 24-hour period. But what those who are training them do to compensate for both the lack of sleep and the exhausting conditions and the brutal conditions is they'll eat around four meals a day that are very high in calories. And for those who have gone through this particular week successfully and gone on to be Navy SEALs, this is what they say to a man. They say, your mindset has to be this, make it to the next meal. Because you're eating about every six hours, and so you eat a meal, and you say, you just got to grind, you've just got to push, you've got to make it to the next meal. And if you can keep that attitude, keep making it to the next meal, then it's going to provide you with the energy that you need in order to keep going, in order to survive. Now, obviously, it's not going to always be comfortable. Obviously, it's going to be very challenging, but you can still keep going forward. You can still continue to do the things that you need to do. Too much exertion without enough intake can have very serious side effects in the way that your body is designed to be dependent upon nutrition and upon the consistent intake of the right things 
and how your body's capacity to heal, to function at a high level, to fight off the infections and diseases can all be hindered if you're not taking in proper nutrition. And, and science understands that, medicine understands that, the military understands that. And yet spiritually, we can be very careless about our spiritual nutrition. There are, I'll say this many times, there are things that are worth the weariness. There are things that are worth the weariness. If you, if you want things that are meaningful, you must recognize that they will come at a price of weariness. I just want to be able to not be tired. Well, pray that somebody writes you into their trust fund. I don't know what to tell you. No, you're, you're going to be weary. There, there is nothing that is meaningful that is accomplished in, in eternity that does not involve weariness. Israel is in a battle with the Philistines, and Saul, as I've already mentioned, is paralyzed because of his not being right with God, which when we aren't right with God, it always produces spiritual paralysis. But Jonathan, who is, takes initiative, and the entire nation is helped by Jonathan's initiative. But during this conflict, Saul, because he's not being led by the Spirit of God, he makes a declaration that is very short-sighted and very foolish and demonstrates that he's not being led by God, but he's being driven by his own ambition, and he is trusting in his own capacity, his own force, in order to make these things happen. It says in verse 24 that the men of Israel were distressed. This is a very strong word. And it's a result of them not eating. They are physically spending themselves. They are engaged in this battle. It is a life and death conflict. And yet they are prevented by this self-centered king from being able to eat. He has distressed them. Well, Jonathan, being busy taking initiative, he didn't hear this oath. And so as they're going through this wood that was referenced... He sees some honey that's falling onto the ground. He sees this honeycomb, and as they're walking, he doesn't have time to sit down and start a fire and prepare a meal, but he simply, as he walks by, he sticks his staff into some of this honey, pulls it up, takes it. Maybe he gets some of the honeycomb, but he gets the honey, and as you know, natural honey has very good benefits for you. And it can, provide an, it can provide an immediate boost, and there's natural things about it that can help you. And he is, the Bible says, he is immediately helped by it. Look at the end of verse 27, and his eyes were enlightened. I don't even know what it's like to be just wearing yourself out in some kind of labor, and, and you can just feel how drained you are, but you get a little bit of the right kind of food in you, and it, it almost has an immediate effect upon you. It just, it just helps well, that's what's going on here, and yet this isn't some kind of activity like exercising or, or doing a job. This is literally a life and death battle, and he is helped by it. Well, one of the soldiers sees it and tells him of his dad's declaration, and notice Jonathan's conviction when he says this in verse 29, my father hath troubled the land. See, I pray you, how mine eyes have been enlightened because I taste a little of the sun. He goes on to say, we could have had far more victory today. It could have been far more complete if the men had been allowed, not even allowed, but had been encouraged to eat. 
But then the people, because of their deprivation, they end up eating in a way that they should not have. Look at verse 32. The people, look at the end of verse 31, and the people were very faint. You're going to be faint, but there is some weariness that can be compensated for. And the point of this tonight is not that you need to avoid being faint, but it's that you need to avoid behavior that is, that is counterproductive when you are weary. And because they had not cared for themselves properly, they then end up violating scriptural principle in verse 32. They fly up on the spoil and they're literally gutting these animals and eating them raw. And you say, well, besides that not being healthy, it was specifically forbidden by God. And again, those things were given for their benefit. So here's the statement. See how quick we got to it tonight? I was kind of laughing at the irony of this. On probably the service night that you're the most tired, I'm preaching on not being tired, and it's the latest night of our regular church week. And I'm like, well, I'm doing something wrong here, but I don't know what else to do about it. You ready? Don't hear what I'm not saying on this. To stay renewed, you got to chew. Okay, I put in parentheses food, the right kind of food, but it just doesn't flow. Don't hear what I'm not saying. <laughs> Obviously, there's certain things we're not talking about here. God created your body to need regular intake. Okay, get it. Your, your body does not cease to exist just because you're not getting proper intake. But given long enough, it can. And it certainly doesn't function like it needs to if you're not getting the proper kind consistently. Well, much that goes on in the spiritual realm is similar to what goes on in the physical realm. And there must be consistent spiritual intake in order for you to be able to function through seasons of great weariness. No, there must be consistent spiritual intake. Now I'm going to talk through some points here in a moment, but I just, I, I want to get this. We, we, we teach these kind of songs, we talk about this, and then we can just kind of check out and you're like, yeah, I know where he's going with this. Well, you may know where I'm going with this, but you would be amazed, and, and maybe tonight if we would just be honest with ourselves at how much this simple truth is neglected spiritually. You hear the child's song that even is sung here at West Valley, read your Bible Pray every day, and you'll what? Neglect your Bible, forget to pray, and you'll what? And look, I, I know what it is to be so tired that you don't want to engage your brain in any way. I know what it is to just be so worn out with the grind of life and the adversities and the challenges and the burdens that you just, you just want to veg. But I'm going to tell you that in order to be renewed, if your life is going to maximize eternal significance, there has to be a prioritizing of spiritual nourishment on a consistent basis. And by consistent, I do mean daily. 
Look, for ta- far too many children of God, and, 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 and we cannot pretend that this isn't an issue at West Valley. I don't know. I don't go around checking up on this. I don't check up on staff. I don't check up on trustees. I don't check up on Sunday school teachers. And I'm not saying that I've never asked. I'm not going around asking these things, but I am challenging these things. And I know if it can be a struggle for a pastor. And it's amazing. You look up the statistics on how many pastors, senior pastors say, I don't consistently read my Bible on a daily basis. If it's a problem in the pulpit, you can be sure it's a problem in the pew, and that we think all that I need is that every now and then I just need to read a devotional, or as long as I'm going to church, I'm getting what I need. No, no, no. Your output far exceeds the input of a couple of services, which by the way, on a side note, just so you get the philosophy of this and you don't forget it, the reason that this church is not going to, with God's help, ever go to just a Sunday morning or just a, or we're going to do away with a Wednesday night. And I'm not critical of someone who does something different, especially because of circumstances out of their control, like you're renting a building. But we don't need less of God's word. We don't need less of God's people. We don't need less time with this. We already don't have that much time when you compare it to a full week. But even with that, you're like, man, y'all have church way too much. I know people think that. No, I know people think, I'm not saying you think that, but sometimes you do. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like you just got home and it's already time to go back to church again? It's like, how are we already here? Look, I'm not mad at you about that. I feel the same way. Like, man, somebody else is pretty, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I know, I know what that's like, but you don't, you don't need less of this. But even with the, man, Three services a week. I know that's a lot. Still not enough. You need more than you get from this pulpit. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about finding some other preacher on YouTube that you like better. No, I'm serious about that. If you can't get fed by the pulpit that you're actually sitting at, The answer isn't to go find somebody on YouTube. No, I'm not saying you can't be helped and and all of that. But man, sometimes we just, because we're not satisfied in one place, you need to figure out why that instead of just, man, I'm just going to, I'll go there, but I'm really going to get my nourishment from other places at times. You need to be careful about that. Are you against preaching? No, I was listening to preaching today. And I have people tell me sometimes I listen to preaching every day. You know what I say to that? Praise the Lord. But just make sure you're still plugged in somewhere. All right. But you need, you need it. This is amazing. Girls, God in heaven gave us this so that we could know what he wants us to think about him. And, and you don't have to spend your life wondering, what is God saying? You can know what he's saying. It's amazing. This book is the truth of the eternal God about your life. Guys, you can know it every single day. And you're like, yeah, those teenagers need to hear it. But, but so do the Ken and Lindas as well. 
Because you don't outgrow your need to be in the word of God. And you don't reach a position where you don't need daily intake of the word of God. Brother Vi, I pray that God protects us. Any of us that would be in a position of leadership, whether it's Z or you or Brother Robbie or Brother Adam or Brother Nate or one of the trustees or a Sunday school teacher from thinking that because I'm in a position, I don't need to be fed. Here's what I would say. The greater the position, the weight, the more nutrition I need. It's not less. Man, we, we have to understand the significance of eating. Let me give you some points. Number one, working for the Lord is not the same as eating from the Lord. You think you're going to be fed because of what you're doing. But you've got to slow down and eat. And that doesn't mean you stop doing that means you prioritize your life so that you can eat as well. Now we get so busy serving, and I thank God for it, but you need to eat too. No, you gotta eat. You say, well, how much? I'm gonna, I didn't ask my mom for permission, but I'm gonna go ahead and say this, and she'll forgive me. She, she reads through the Bible four times a year. She did the math, and she, I, would just, I just asked her. She didn't volunteer that. I'm like, how, many time, how, how much do you read every day? And so she told me, my goal is this many times, four times a year. I, I, I did not know that until a couple of weeks ago. And, I, man, I, I, I praise the Lord for this. And, th- and then she was very honest about it. And I, and I love this about my mom and my dad, just honest. Like, I haven't always been able to do that for a number of reasons. Part of it is busyness. The biggest part of it is busyness because I was raising you, and you're high maintenance, and you have issues, and, you know, just tough. So I didn't always have time to do that, but now that I have more time, okay, listen, I've had people tell me that if I wasn't reading a certain amount, okay, I've had this statement made to me. If you're not reading the Bible through in a calendar year, you're sinning against God. Okay, here's what I say to that. Where is that in the Bible? When you can show me that verse, I'll be like, okay, yeah, great. You're right. I'll, I'll hit the altar. But I'm not, I'm not talking about creating a standard where everybody in the church is feeling guilty because they didn't read as many chapters as somebody else. We will not have that environment here. And that's why I don't want people coming in bragging about and talking about how much they read the Bible I just want it to be evident that you are in the word of God. And by the way, it is. Eventually it becomes (laughs) becomes evident. But you need to be getting food in you. I'm not going to ask the question, but if you struggle, if you struggle with it, stop, stop trying to start off reading five chapters a day. Make it attainable. No, please, make it attainable. Give give God five minutes. Just five minutes. You're like, well, that's not very much. Wait, wait, compared to what? It's a whole lot compared to not doing it consistently. Just five minutes. And make it at the same time every day. And And just get in the Word. And can I encourage you with this? A side note. Far too many people replace reading the Bible with devotionals. I'm fine with devotionals 
as a supplement to it, but there is something special about just learning to read the Word of God. You're like, well, it's hard to understand. Right, but there's something that develops in you and about spiritual understanding. I'm not talking about not supplementing. I'm talking about the discipline of just reading the Bible. Five minutes. Start there. And don't beat yourself up because I'm pretty sure I don't read the Bible as much as. You know, man, my mom's been saved longer than I've been alive. Her Bible reading should have increased over time. She has no... She, her husband doesn't pastor. Her son's her pastor now. She gets to travel to Idaho two or three times a year to see the daughter that she loves the most and the grandkids that she loves. She just, man, she's doing what she's doing. She can read her Bible more. That's not the point. It's not how much. The point is that you read consistently. Another thing. You ready? You ready? You ready? You don't just need Bible intake. You need people intake. No, you need it. It is. So work at being around God's people. Look, I get it. Man, we, get, we have policemen, we have nurses, we have first responders, all of those kinds. Some of those schedules can't be helped, but you have to maximize the part of it that you can because you need this. Working for the Lord is not the same as eating from the Lord. Number two, the work that you do could be far greater if you were getting nourished properly. I mean, look at verse 30. How much more if happily the people had eaten freely today of the spoil of their enemies? I mean, God can increase, God can increase your capacity if you're just in the book. Man, look, I... I don't know how to explain this in a scientific chart way. I'm just telling you, when I'm actually having meaningful time in the Bible, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about studying. I'm talking about, God, I just want to eat. God, I want you to talk to me. God, I want Leviticus to be alive. God, I want Numbers to be alive. God, I want Second Chronicles to be alive to me. And I want you to talk to me. When I'm just eating, I'm telling you, it helps all the other studying that I do. It does. And it doesn't just help that. Helps every part of your life. Number, number three, there are battles that, while they require you to be weary, you can have sufficient energy if you're eating regularly. I get, I, I've talked about these, I know. I get tired of saying no to temptation. Not that I, I want to say yes to it. Don't misunderstand. I get tired that I have to keep saying no to it. I get tired that I have to keep fighting the battle. But I mean, that's, that's where we're at right now. We're in, we're in this flesh. We got to fight the battle. Staying encouraged through difficult circumstances. Being a witness in a very wicked world. Being involved in, in an active ministry. Marriage. Just get tired. And marriage, when it's good, you get tired. <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm looking at my, I'm looking at my baby love, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure she's, she still likes me. 
I mean, she did when I went up here to walk up on the platform. Pretty sure she still likes me. But you get tired. You get tired in marriage. There's things to work through. I mean, it'd be hard. How many of you raising kids are tired? Yeah, everybody that has children sitting beside them should raise their hands. And it's not, it's not just the battle, but it's the, it's the battle of being the kind of parent that you ought to be over and over and over and over and over again. It's just a battle. Young, young men, you're going to be tired. Listen, it can get weary constantly. Please get this. I know I'm on y'all consistently, and I'm not going to stop. But, but I, I know that I'm on you consistently about your attitude towards authority. And, and it's true that you can get tired of having to fight that battle. That battle of, I know what I should do and I want to do right. But man, it's just hard sometimes. You need the word of God in you. Young ladies, I know that you get tired of that battle. But the right kind of nutrition in your life can do so much. You don't always have time to eat a lot. Two more things. You don't always have time to eat a lot, but you always have time to eat some. Again, again just another moment of transparency. There's some times where the, the appointments have started at 5 a.m. And they don't end until in the evening. Okay, look, look I'm not saying that I am where I need to be, but I'm not, I'm not about to stand up here and pretend like I'm up at 3 in the morning when I probably at times didn't go to bed until 11 or midnight, and so I spent two hours reading my Bible. I'm not going to pretend that, okay? That, and I'm not saying I shouldn't have, but I have learned this. I had a pastor tell me this one time about prayer. He's like, you won't always, because of the nature of ministry and because of weird things that can happen, sometimes your prayer life is going to have to be a little more flexible. This is what he said. Just make time for it. No, I'm not encouraging a lack of discipline. I'm not encouraging laziness. I'm just saying that there are times when you can't maybe do as much as you want to. And God works in the few minutes too. No, I'm not saying our life should be characterized by a few minutes. But God can still work in the few minutes. Like, man, I just can't help that my schedule is so crammed today, and I can't help that this crisis happened. I can't help that this emergency, I can't help the expectation or the need or whatever it is. Your life shouldn't be characterized by living in that realm. But when you are in that realm, understand that even a little bit, young people, when you're in school, man, during the summer, you shouldn't look at the summer as a chance to read your Bible less. You should look at that as a chance to kind of tighten things up. Oh, no, tighten it up a little bit. Man, maybe instead of playing video games for an extra hour, maybe read your Bible for 10 minutes more. Again, parents, make it attainable for your children too. Side note, just thought of this. Thank you, Lord. Don't ever compare your child to somebody else's child or even to their own siblings when it comes to these kind of spiritual matters. You need to use other examples to motivate them, but it doesn't need to be about how they compare to how they compare it needs to be, what are you doing to follow God? And helping them from where they're at. But young people, working at during the school year when the, when the studying is hard and when the assignments are long and when you've got practices, I understand that it can be challenging, but you can still make some time. You've got to make some time. Last thing, if you don't eat what you should, you'll end up consuming things you should not. 
Okay, I've done this way too many times. I don't have the best eating habits. And I can do a workout after having skipped a meal or two, and then it just hits me. And I am raging. And I know dinner isn't happening for like another two hours. And I open up the pantry, the pantry and I start eating 10-month-old candy just because I am just struggling so bad. Look, I'm not, I'm not endorsing that. I'm just telling you I know physically that happens. You know what happens spiritually when you're not eating what you should? You're going to end up taking in things that you shouldn't. You know what happens in weariness? That you can feast on bad attitudes when you're not feasting on the word of God. You just get tired and you're not getting the word in, you're not getting time, and, and you start listening to lies that Satan tells you. You get discouraged. You start believing that nobody cares. No, I, I, I know this for a fact. That through, and, and I'm, not, I'm not justifying it. Please be careful about how you hear this. But I, and, and this isn't the case for every single time. But I do know that there have been people in, in, in positions of ministry leadership that just exhausted themselves and they weren't maintaining their own spiritual walk and they ended up turning to vice because they weren't taking in the right thing. What are you saying? You don't eat the right thing, you'll end up eating the wrong thing. It happened. You become susceptible to lies, you become susceptible to false doctrine, you become susceptible to bad attitudes. You say, what, what, what's happening in that person? It's, they just weren't eating the right thing. And you go long enough not eating the right thing, you'll end up being susceptible to eating the wrong thing. Here's the statement again. To stay renewed, you got to chew the right food. Don't make this complicated. Look, I know it's a Wednesday night. Don't make this complicated. Just because you're here on Wednesday night, please get this, doesn't mean you're going to be reading this tomorrow. And I'm pretty sure, Brother Patrick, that Satan's not just working on Wednesdays. And that, and that on Thursday, your wife and your children, bro, they need you to have God's truth in you. And look, you're going to have a busy day and you're going to be tired. And maybe you can't read 20 chapters, but you can spend five minutes or you can spend 10 minutes. You can go read a psalm that takes you two minutes just to remind you to keep your focus on Jesus and to lift your eyes up unto the hills whence cometh your help. Amen. And get it, brothers and sisters, I'm not interested in checking boxes and like, look how many people we have on a Wednesday night. That's not what this is about. It's about us following Jesus until he takes us home and, and having the most effect in the kingdom of God. And, and in order to do that, we have to deal with the basic, the basic reality of nourishment. I'll, I'll ask this question. How many of you have gone through seasons where you struggled to eat properly and you felt it? You saw it? saw what it did to you. 
and you know why you saw what it did to you because you've gotten it corrected to some degree, and you see how much different it is. You got to eat. Please don't be dismissive of this. Look, look, I have to work at this. And because I am God's child, I can tell you, I can go through seasons of struggling with it. Because working for the Lord isn't the same as eating from the Lord. And I don't just need to study for sermons. I need to study for sustenance. We all need it. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Go ahead and stand up. If God has spoken to your heart, they'll, the music will begin as soon as they're ready. If God has spoken to your heart, just spend a moment praying, respond to the Lord, ask him to help you eat like you need to eat. Thank you.